praying. Look at verse number 28. The Bible says in John chapter number six, then, say that, then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. They said therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then that we might see and believe thee what dost thou work? What doest thou work? Our fathers did eat man in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me and believe not. And the Father giveth me, and all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, and I will no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. This is the Father's will which has sent me, that all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise up it again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him upon, up, up at the last day. And the Jews murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the Son of Joseph's? whose father and mother we know. See, they thought they knew. They assumed they knew, but they really didn't know him. How is it then that he that saith, I came down from heaven, because he did? Verse number 43, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up the last day. And it is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Let's pray to Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you again for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful service we've had already. Lord, we've tried our best to glorify you, to lift up your name, to praise you, to thank you, and to give you the glory that's due unto your name. We thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank you, Lord, that it's so undeserved. Lord, oftentimes when it goes unnoticed in our life how good you are to us. But Lord, I just want to say thank you one more time this morning for being so good to me. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, just to be here this morning. And thank you, Lord, for those who have not been able to be here or here this morning. We're grateful for that. We ask you, Lord, this morning you speak directly to our hearts through your word this morning, the preaching of it. Oh, God, would you empty us out of ourselves, Lord, and fill, with, fill us with your spirit. God, would you hide me behind the cross of Calvary and God simply use me for glory. I just want to be a mouthpiece that's used of God this morning. We love you. We thank you. If there's somebody here this morning that doesn't know you as a personal Lord and Savior, 
I pray, Lord, today through the preaching of your word and the reading of it, God, you draw them unto yourself. Save them by your grace. Change their life and their eternity. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I want you to look down at verse number 37 this morning, right there in the middle of kind of what we read this morning. And there's a phrase in there uh, that I've, I came across while I was reading a book this week in the about the heart of God and, and what's God's heart. We know David was a man after God's own heart. And so what is the heart of God? And this was one of the chapters in there. And it dealt with this verse and it, it pulled off of some of the Puritan writers. And the Puritan writers had an interesting way of writing a book. They would find one verse in your Bible and they would study it and study it and study it from every angle, from every direction, from every aspect. And oftentimes they would, from, uh, from one verse, they would write books three to 400 pages long. Can I say this morning, calm down. <laughs> I don't have a 300 to 400 page sermon this morning out of this verse. But I want to look at this thought where it says, I will in no wise cast out. I will in no wise cast out. And you take that phrase back to the Greek. We've heard it and we've, we understand kind of what it means. But I, we don't always understand the, the, the strength of what it's saying, the, the, the level of intensity when Jesus was speaking this to these men here of what he was actually saying. And if you take it back to that original language this morning, you'll find out what, and Jesus was saying, I will never, ever, 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 ever cast you out. If you come to me, in faith and believe and trust, I will never, ever, ever cast you out. And oftentimes we struggle with that because our feelings and our, our human reasoning, our human mind expects God to treat us like we would treat ourselves or we'd treat others. We'd say, well, I'm not going to cast you out as long as, you, as long as you're not too far gone. I, if I'm able to help you, if I, if I have the ability to help you, then I will. But if you are beyond my ability, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cast you out because I can't help you. You say, maybe this morning you think, well, preacher, you don't understand. You don't know where I am. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You, you might be correct this morning, but the very God of heaven knows who you are and he knows what you've done. He knows where you've been. And in spite of all of that, he says, if you'll come to me, I will in no wise cast you out. I will never, never, never cast you out. Paul said it this way, I'm the chief of sinners and he saved me by grace. He was able to save me and if he can Paul, he can save you this morning. But maybe you'll say, well, no, preacher, he'll cast me out because I won't measure up. I won't be good enough. I won't have enough strength. I won't have enough uh, gall, enough grit, enough any of that, preacher. I'm going to fall by the wayside. I won't measure up. It's interesting here. What sparks this conversation is these two dudes have come to the Lord and said, how do we work the work? of God. How do we work the works of God? What do we have to do? What kind of ability? What kind of strength? What kind of sign? What kind of knowledge? What kind of understanding? What kind of intellect do we have to have to work the work of God? And the Lord says, well, he doesn't say we have to have this kind of GPA. You got to have that kind of background. 
account and that kind of bank account. Jesus says right there in verse number 29, here's how you do the work of God. Here is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Here's the thing this morning, you and I don't have to live the Christian life worried about measuring up, worried about being good enough, worried about being smart enough, worried about being strong enough because this morning the work's already done. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus said it is finished and we know that he ascended back into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father symbolizing and showing us this morning that he is done with the works finished this morning. We just have to believe on him this morning. God says this morning he'll come and believe on him and he'll not, he will not cast you out. What if I'm too far gone? What if I don't measure up? What about this? Will God cast me out if I mess up? If I stray? Look at verse number 39. <laughs> oh, I was reading this. Boy, they just, one thing, listen, I love reading my Bible. I love studying my Bible. I love all of that. But here recently, it's just been like, it's just been popping off the page, trying to catch it as fast as I can and trying my best to give it to you like I got it this morning. Look at verse number 30. What, preacher, what if I, what if I mess up? What if I stray? What if I go too far? What if I walk away? What if I give up? What if I fall? What if I struggle? Is God gonna cast me? Look at verse number 39. Right there in the middle of it, Jesus said, I should lose nothing. In essence, this morning, you might lose your way. You might lose your focus. You might lose your ability and your strength and your joy. And your, you might lose all of that this morning. But can I assure you on the authority of God's word, Jesus will not lose you. On oh, no wise cast out. There'll never be a time We've gone too far, said too much, and did too much. In essence, this morning, a good way to illustrate it is this. All of us who've had children or been a child, so that's everybody here this morning, we've all messed up, we've all done wrong, we've all, uh, 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 what's the word, we, we all let down our parents or our children have let down us. Listen, my ch I love them to death, but they've disappointed me just like I disappointed my parents. But as far as I know, nothing's changed. My name's still Tate Wagner, and I'm still the son of Ted Wagner this morning. He's not abandoned me. He's not left me alone. I'm glad this morning, greater than my earthly father is my heavenly father, said, I will lose nothing. I will in no wise cast you out. Why? Why would, why would he say that? Because he loves us this morning. But I want you to see three people this morning and we'll be done. Three people here out of John chapter number six that the Lord promised to never cast out. Three people that the Lord never, three people that the Lord promised to never cast out here in John chapter number six. Number one, the first person or the first people are the thirsty ones. The thirsty. Look at verse number 35 this morning. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. And he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, twice in this chapter, Jesus directly says, I am the bread of life. He says it in verse number 35. He says it again in verse number 48. I am the bread of life. Verse 50, I am the living bread. But here's the thing, in John chapter six, the theologians agree it is Christ's great discord and uh, discourse, not discord, dis, discourse on the bread of life this morning, how he, he, he has explained this and expounded upon it, how he is the bread of life. But then at the end of verse number 35, he makes this statement, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, I've ate plenty of bread, it's caused me to be thirsty. You ever put cornbread in your mouth and it sucks out every piece of saliva you got? 
you're struggling to find the sweet tea <laughs> to rehydrate your mouth. But I've never ate a piece of bread and it quenched my thirst. And here is Jesus on this great discourse of the bread of life and says, if you'll eat of me, you'll never thirst. Now, in my mind and my, my understanding to me, that doesn't make sense. That why would he make a proclamation about that? Why would he talk about that? Because as he's describing him as, himself as the bread of life, how could Jesus do that? Jesus is not only the bread of life, but in John chapter number four, we're told he's the living water. But as I begin to study it this morning, I'm going to try my best uh, to, to, to figure this out and to, to show you this morning as the Lord gave it to me. And we understand the context of this conversation Jesus having with these men. He, they ask how to do the works of God, and then they bring up that manna in the wilderness back in the book of Exodus. How God had provided for the nation of Israel as they were wandering through the wilderness from, with manna that fell down from heaven. Took care of them. He provided for them. And we understand that this morning. That's, that's the, the background of this. And Jesus, that's Jesus saying, yes, that was of God. He said, but I'm far greater than the manna that came down in the book of Exodus. And Exodus 16 is where that takes place. We read about the giving of the manna. But did you know in Exodus 15, right before that, I'm talking about a few verses we could turn there this morning, right before that in Exodus 15 this morning, right before God brings down that manna, the Israelites come to a place called Mara, where the water's bitter. <laughs> Boy, it's a beautiful picture of what Christ can do. They come there and they are upset. They're going to die. They need water. What does God tell Moses to do? He tells them to take a tree and cast it into the water. And when in doing so, that water becomes sweet. In essence, God provided water before he provided the manna to the nation of Israel. And here's the thing, it plays out in the New Testament as well. Here we are in John chapter number six. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that eats of me will never hunger, nor will he thirst again. But before John chapter number six, there's John chapter number four. And there is the Lord at the well with that Samaritan woman. And he tells her in John 4, 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. See, the picture of the manna in your Old Testament is a picture of God's supply, God taking care of his people. But the picture of water in the Old Testament Exodus and here in John chapter 4 is a picture of salvation where you get that water, because here's the thing this morning, water is a dire need in your life this morning. You can go a while without bread, but you only go a few days without water. And can I say this morning, if you and I, this morning, if, if you and I get so concerned about God's blessings, we'll miss out on the reality, we need to be saved by the grace of God. Far before we need to experience the blessings of God, we need to experience salvation this morning. Your greatest need this morning, just like your greatest physical need is water this morning, your greatest spiritual need is salvation this morning. And Jesus said, yes, I can supply. We'll deal with that in the second point. He said, but also I can save you. I can change your life. I can give you what you're looking for. And here's the thing this, in John chapter number four, that lady said, oh, if I could just have a drink, if I could just have a sip of that living water, I know I'd be fine. 
And there the Israelites in Exodus 15 said, boy, if we could just get a couple cups of that sweet water, we'll be fine. But here's the thing, they both partook of water. They both experienced what God was giving them. And here's the thing you'll find out at the end of John chapter number four and into that experience at the end of Exodus 15, both of them come upon a well. Exodus 15, they find 12 wells. Or what? They find out God had a far, far more than they could ever experience. John chapter four, that lady found out Jesus had far more than she thought he had. Changed her life completely. But here's the thing this morning. That took a moment. Salvation starts at a moment. You experience that. You take that first gulp, so to speak. You, by faith, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work of Calvary. And in that moment, everything's fine. Everything's wonderful. But then you find out you got a whole lot more than you realized. You didn't just get a cup. You didn't just get a gallon. You didn't get a jug. You got a whole well full of living water, of, of eternal life this morning. See, salvation starts at the moment, but leads to an eternity drawing from the same well. Well, I'm glad this morning if you're thirsting, if you've tried everything the world has to offer and it's left you thirsty, it hasn't satisfied you, it hasn't completed you, it hasn't given you what you're missing. Can I say this morning, if you'll come to the Lord this morning, he has living water. And if you partake of that water, you'll never thirst again this morning. I'm glad this morning that in no way, in no wise, will Jesus cast out the thirsty. But then notice number two this morning, in no wise will Jesus cast out the hungry. The hungry. Right there in verse number 35 again of John, chapter number six, Jesus says, he says, he that cometh with me shall never hunger. I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. Now, we already know what has sparked this conversation. Those men have alluded back to Moses and the giving of the manna and of their fathers. They said it right there in verse 1. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it was written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Here's the thing this morning. This account was personal to them. Because they're of that same lineage, they're of that same line. They are God's chosen people. They're of the Jewish faith and the Jewish race. And they, they said that was our forefathers. It was personal to them, but it was not theirs personally. Why, preacher? They had never tasted a manna. <laughs> Somebody forgot to write down the recipe. Somewhere along the lines, the manna stopped coming. And so they stepped back and they said, well, Moses had manna. And we know about that, but we've never experienced it. Here's the thing this morning. Even if they had, it wouldn't have been enough. Look at verse number 49. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness. So the next three were, and are dead. <laughs> They're dead. In essence, what they had didn't sustain them for eternity. So preacher, why didn't they have any manna then? Well, somewhere along the line, great, great grandpappy, ate bread in the wilderness, and he died in the wilderness. But we must remember, one of the things we can pull from this this morning is that it's not the blessing that sustains us, but it's the blesser that sustains us. Because if our heart and our, our focus becomes so, solely on the blessings, we'll sound like these men, talking about something that we don't even get to experience no more. Well, my great-grandpappy was a preacher. That's great. That's wonderful. That's awesome. That's, that's fine and dandy. What are you doing for the Lord? 
And this morning, if all we ever live on is what God has given us and not realizing that the reason why we are still here is because he is taking care of us. We become so fixated on the blessing that our blessings become a burden. The very things that God has given us, we want nothing, want, want nothing to do with. We'll, we'll, they'll, they'll aggravate us. Jesus did not say to these men, I have some bread of life for you. He said, I am the bread of life. He is the bread of life and that's all that they need, then he is all that I need as well for he can supply my every need in life. See, if he only had bread at certain times, if he, was, if he just had some bread, and then this morning I wouldn't know if he'd have it next time, but if he is the bread of life and I know he has eternal life, therefore he can supply all of my, Paul said it this way in Philippians, he said, uh, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And here's the thing this morning, his supply don't end with this life. Look at verse number 51, for I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. And if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give in my flesh, which I will give for life, for the life of the world this morning. This life, this life this morning has a way of emptiness. See, he said, if you're hungry, well, what if somebody who's hungry? Now, listen, I, I'm, I'm a male, it's not that I identify just as a male. I know I'm a male, amen? Uh, it's, it's, it's evident in my life that I'm a male. But I remember growing up, and I don't know if I've fully outgrown this stage in my life, but there was a time in my life where all I wanted to do was eat, uh, especially when I was a teenager. Man, you couldn't feed me enough. There wasn't enough room on the plate. There wasn't enough food in the, in the pantry to keep me satisfied. I was hungry all the time. But the same is true now and even in your life. When you get hungry, when that stomach begins to growl and that, those, 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 those noises begin to come from those regions of your body, you'll realize there's something missing. I need something. Something that was once full is now empty. Something that is empty but desires to be filled is a good definition of the word hunger. And can I say this morning, this life has a way of emptying us. This life has a way of draining us. This life has a way of just emptying us seemingly completely out. But thankfully, I know the bread of life. And when I am absolutely empty, he knows how to fill me up. He knows exactly what I need. It is him that we need. And I'm glad this morning, because here's the thing this morning. Really, one experience ought to be enough. My salvation's so great and so wonderful that it should never, I should never go empty again. I should never drain out again. But how do we just know in the Christian life, it's not just one or two times in my Christian life that I've felt so empty, I've just felt so drained, just so spent, so tired, so worn, I've become so weary. And he could say, well, I already gave you what you need. Deal with it. <laughs> when I used to tell my mom, walking home from school, Mom, I'm thirsty. She'd say it this way. <laughs> Swallow your spit. <laughs> Take care of yourself. It never worked. It never quenched my thirst. It never satisfied me. But I'm glad this morning when you and I come to Christ, 
who, who should have still been filled, who should have still had everything in its right place, in its right order. And we come to him and say, Lord, I'm hungry again. Lord, I've allowed myself to be emptied by this world. I've allowed myself to be drained by this world. And Lord, I know that I shouldn't. Aren't you glad this morning, even though you cause the majority of your problems, Christ says, I will in no wise cast you out. You're hungry and you're glad to know I'm the bread of life. We come back to him hungry once again and uh, he t- takes pleasure in taking care of his children. You ever had fresh baked bread? Everybody said, mm-hmm. They, they, know they know where I'm fixing to go with this, amen. We're fixing to imagine fresh baked bread. As Becky's got a bread machine and that thing does all the hard work for you. You measure it out, that thing will knead it, proof it, knead it, and proof it. And it's evident when there's fe- fresh baked bread bread in the house. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this morning that I live in 2023. I'm glad I wasn't wandering around. I mean, I, I probably would have been thankful for the manner that God provided, but it was unleavened. Something about yeast. Boy, it just changes the ball game, don't it? Let me ask, would you rather fresh baked bread or a cracker? <laughs> I, not me, preacher. Okay, super spiritual. But that, that bread machine will bake that bread and you walk in the house and it's that, that wonderful aroma of fresh baked bread. You can't wait to take it out. You cut that thing up, it's still warm. You put the butter on it, it melts. You don't need nothing else on it. <laughs> it's 12 o'clock on a Sunday, we're all hungry. <laughs> and man, you'll devour that bread because it's fresh. It fills you, you enjoy it. But let's say I took that same loaf, wrapped it up, set it in a cupboard for a week, and pulled it out and said, hey, listen, I got some fresh baked bread. You'd say, no, preacher, no, you don't. It was, but it no longer is. It's just bread. It's just regular. It's probably moldy and needs to go in the trash. <laughs> Here's the thing this morning, the same Bread, living bread that we partook of when we got saved by the grace of God is the same bread that will feed us for all eternity. And unlike physical bread, unlike the bread that we cook in our bread machines, Christ never goes stale. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Let me ask you this morning, are you hungry? Who are you going to desire, the bread of life or the bread of this world? Only one can fill you. And it's Christ this morning. I'm glad that Christ will not cast out the thirsty, nor will he cast out the hungry. Then notice number three this morning, Christ will not cast out the rejectors. Look at verse number 64. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and should betray them. And he goes on to say it right there in verse number 36, but I said to you, these have also seen me and believe not. So preacher, if Christ doesn't cast out and God doesn't cast out the rejectors, everybody's going to heaven, right? Well, of course not. Unfortunately, we know that there's going to be some that are going to reject Christ and we understand there's a great white throne of judgment and those who are without Christ will be sent into the lake of fire. It's a place that we ought to desire nobody to go to and do our best to help them not go there and experience that. But I want you to notice something here this morning that There are those who are in the presence of Christ this morning who he knew 
was going to reject them. Who he knew was not going to believe on him. Matter of fact, there's a man by the name of Judas who travels with Christ. During his earthly ministry, who would betray Christ for a small amount of money. And yet, here we are in John chapter 6, there are those in his presence right then and right there. And Jesus, knowing they would not believe, what's he still do? Expounds upon the bread of life to them. He, in essence, gives them the gospel, even though he knew they weren't going to believe. Why? Why would he waste the time? Why would he waste the breath to preach to those and to teach to those and to expound to those whom he knew was going to reject him? Because here's the very heart of God. He's not willing that any should perish. He could easily have said, you know what? You're not even going to listen to this. So I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to go about my way. If you're going to reject me, just leave now before I say anything else. But here is Christ with such a great heart for sinners who said, I understand that yes, you are going to reject me and yes, you're going to, you're going to uh, disobey and, and not believe. I understand all that. But I don't want you to go that way. I don't want you to, to make that choice without first hearing who I really am. So here's the thing. Christ does not cast out the rejectors. They choose to walk out. They choose to leave. They choose to not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to be ugly this morning. It's just a sad reality. It's been said, why would a loving God send somebody to hell? He doesn't. They choose that. You realize this morning, that's a very heavy choice that every person is going to make. And here's the thing this morning, none of us here this morning, no man, no woman, no boy, no girl will go to hell without excuse. Some way, some form, some fashion, Christ will present himself to them. Not to choose to believe or choose to reject. And we chose here this morning that knowing what they were going to do, he still gave them an opportunity. He still gave them a chance. He still expounded upon the truth to them. And he didn't cast them out. Rather, they said, no, thank you. And they chose for themselves and they cast themselves out this morning. Let me ask you this morning, is the Lord dealing with you about salvation? Been dealing with you about the, 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 the need to be saved by the grace of God and you've been concerned about it, questioning it, wondering about it, trying to figure out all about it. And this morning, Christ is telling you through the Holy Spirit, hey, I'm, I'm it. You need me. You need to be saved. You need to, you need to trust me. You need to believe what I did for you. I am the bread of life. If you're thirsty, I'll quench your thirst. If you're hungry, I'll fill you. And in a few moments, you're going to make a choice. Will I accept him and in no wise be cast out? Or will I cast myself out by my choices? Well, I'm glad this morning when you choose Christ, no matter where you came from, no matter what you've done, he's the bread of life for you. And he'll in no wise cast you out this morning. Let's all stand this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. As they're coming to make